finishes him. How about that? One. What a hit. Falls free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Uh, joining us today is new Hampton football head coach Vince Lavara. Uh, he comes from Washington Jefferson University, where he served as the defensive coordinator for was it eight years? Nine. Oh, eight years defense coordinator is there for nine. Okay. All right. Um, so let's let's just get right into it. Uh, what was appealing about this job? I, I think a lot of things. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> one of the big things is the no Title Nine. Uh, being an all-male institution, it gives you a lot of freedom to fundraise money. And, you know, every dollar that is donated to football, 100% of it goes to football. So your resources are better than any other Division three school besides, you know, the other all-male institution. Uh, the tradition um, is obviously um, really good here. The alumni support is it's impressive. Uh you know, everyone wants to win. It's like overwhelming with how many people want to help and, you know, give you resources and they care. Um, a lot of places don't really care, especially at division three level schools don't really care about if they win or lose. They just use football as a way to fill the beds, you know, in the school. And this place is different. They don't, they want a winner. Uh, you just see with basketball and like, if you give them, you know, you know, they'll support you any way you can. You can see what Caleb's been able to do in the five years he's been here. And it, it's just, you know, you can win and you can win at a high level. And this place is staged to compete for championships in every sport. And it's, 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 it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that when I was looking to go to college, that the all male thing, I mean, if, all the, if all the teams were bad, I think no one would want to go there if it was all male, you know? Um, you know, I, when I, I was on the cross country team, we were bad, but cross country isn't football. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that is something I was going to ask. I was like, um, about the all male thing, but you, you said it's actually a positive. Was it, you know, did you know about Hampton Sydney and like the all male thing? Um, or did, was that early in the process? So, Max Beal, who's on staff, offensive line coach, he started here a year before I got here. Uh, him and I are college teammates. He was a freshman at Allegheny when I was a senior. So Max and I, have, you know, are close. So when he took the job here, you know, I, I talking to him, and I didn't know it really till I started talking to him. But I did know it was an all-male institution because when I was at Allegheny, um, Wabash College was in our conference. And – I think it was when I was coaching at Allegheny. It was the first time Hampton Sydney played Wabash, and you saw the gentleman's classic, you know, yeah. as the game when you were looking at the schedule and stuff. So I didn't know it was an all-male institution, but I didn't realize the Title IX thing really until I 
started talking to like Max and stuff, like the benefits of it being an all male institution from an athletic standpoint. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the tradition as well. I've got, um, a buddy of mine was on the team when I was there. Um, and he was like, he wanted to know a couple of things. Are, are we keeping the checkerboard end zones and are we keeping the Alabama style uniforms? Um, the checkerboard end zones. Yeah. I mean, I, unless they want to get, unless they want to get rid of them. I mean, the helmets, <laughs> um, probably, I, I think we'll at least have one number on one side. So I'm letting the seniors pick. So, I mean, if they, okay. if they want to get rid of them, you know, and do something else, we can do something else. Someone talked about putting tigers on the side and like a curso. Um, they've talked about putting the interlocking HS on one side and mm-hmm. numbers on the other. Uh, they've talked about like the stripe. I think the stripe's going to stay in the, at least one set of the numbers. Uh, I don't know if they'll do the interlocking HS on the other side. I think they had that back in the eighties or something. Okay. The interlocking on one side, the number on the other. Um, but we are getting new red jerseys. So um, they're going to be the same as the white, just inverse basically. But yeah, I, I mean, we'll probably keep it the same. I mean, I don't, I'm not the one playing, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I guess you're, you're a Pittsburgh guy, so we couldn't go for like the Bengals look probably. That, uh, we, we, we joked around, but like, <laughs> it's really cool unless you're the person putting on the stripe on the helmet because it's, yeah. it's a pain in the butt to line that thing up. And yeah. so the guy putting it on, he's not going to want to. So, Right, right. Um, yes. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the, the transfer portal and NIL dominate a lot of the offseason talk this year and, you know, past years, especially at the FBS level. But um, how has it affected Division Three football? Uh, it's starting to, I think. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's it's major yet. Um, the transfer portal, like that's something you know. The transfer portal is just an online registration of anyone who wants to transfer. Mm-hmm. It's like not this magic thing that people really think about. It just yeah. makes it easier to find kids because they go in and their name goes on a listed site. But you always dealt with transfers in the past. They would just have to reach out to you. You wouldn't have like a list of guys. Or no, unless someone like told you like, hey, so and so has submitted his release to transfer. Um, we we have two mid year transfers uh, coming. The hard thing about, as you guys know, is Hampton Sydney is the rhetoric requirement. So if you don't have three years, you know, to graduate, plus you're not going to graduate on time. So like, you got to at least have three years of eligibility to be able to graduate on time, or you're staying for a fifth year. Um, we don't have grad school, so it really ends up being a little counterproductive uh, with that. The NIL stuff, I mean, some of our guys have NIL deals with, like, Bojangles and different things like that. Um, you know, it's – I don't – Division three, the average Division three student-athlete, I think, from an NIL standpoint, just average, I think the number is, like, they make $79 a year. Right. Um, it's not overwhelming. I mean, they're yeah. free to do whatever they want with it. Um, but – I, you just, I, I think in a whole NIL has been a lot better for college athletics because you see guys staying longer at division one level and it's making the sport, you know, the play better because guys are staying to play because they're making as much money, if not more than they would, if they went to like the NFL or the NBA draft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, my, my goal for this podcast is to make enough money to kind of turn Hampton Cine into the eighties, Miami. So okay. with, with the NIL, so okay. <laughs> um, we can make that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's true. I mean, I, I'm a Notre Dame fan and, and some of the biggest 
uh, additions this year in the portal were keeping guys who are probably sixth, seventh round UDFAs on campus mm-hmm. for that extra year. Um, so I know that's a huge focus. Um, and, and then like on the division three level as well, uh, for such a long time, it was dominated by schools like Wisconsin Whitewater and Mount union. And like those schools enrollment is much, much bigger than Hampton Sydney's. Um, I think Hampton Sydney's in like the bottom 10 of division three for enrollment. Um, obviously we don't have any women, so that kind of plays into it. But, uh, for a while it kind of seemed like there was no chance a school of our size could really compete on the national level. Um, but has, uh, schools like Randolph Macon, which, you know, that's not a big school at all. North central is pretty small has like the success of those schools kind of opened the door for us to compete on a national level. I think the transfer portal has helped us as smaller schools compete on a national level, Mm -hmm. because I think that you've seen the Texas schools take a step back. Now, Texas is such a big state, right? And it's hard, like you can't recruit recruit the entire state as much as you would want to. It's impossible to know every kid. So you're seeing like Mary Hart and Baylor and Trinity and these guys, and they're starting these freshmen who are really good high school Texas players, and they get missed like the SF Austins and the one double A's in Texas miss them, cardinal word. And then you're seeing like a bunch of Mary Hart and Baylor kids in the transfer portal transferring up. So I think it's hurt the Texas schools, the transfer portal, because these schools, these one double A's that have missed on kids, they're able to get them on the back end. You know, they see them playing Division Three or Division Two football in Texas, and then they end up getting them you know, in the portal and they get them to transfer up. I mean, I, I North Central isn't that big of a school comparative to like Whitewater and different things like yeah. that. Carnegie Mellon took Whitewater to, to the brink, uh, or took North Central to the brink two years ago. Grove City almost beat Cortland this past year. I mean, they're, they're a field goal or missed field goal with 12 seconds left wide right from beating them in the second round in Cortland, you know, not winning the national title. Right. It, it's to, to compete and go far in the division three playoffs. It's all about one, your draw. Like, is your, do you get a favorable draw? The other thing is how healthy you are at the end of the year, because the biggest issue when you play the whitewaters, Mount Union is really not that big of a school, but you play Mount Union is the depth. Like, you know, like when I was at WJ in 2017, we were as good as a team in the country that year. Um, we beat Mount, we scrimmaged Mount twice when I was at WJ. We beat them in our scrimmage, and we were eleven and one football team at the end of the year. We went and we beat Hopkins in the first round, and we went to play Frostburg State in the second round. And our starting middle linebacker was out. He had three hundred ninety six tackles for his career. He was out that game because he got hurt in the Hopkins game. And then we lost our nickel. We lost, and we just had no depth. Like we were playing our third and fourth string linebackers, and. That same year, Mount starting All-American middle linebacker got it hurt in the semifinal game, and they just plugged another kid in who was like the same kid in the final game. So it's mm-hmm. it's just – I think it's those two factors you see. Like, Cortland was real healthy the whole year, you know. So I yeah. think it's your health and your draw, really, are the, the two main factors. And I don't know what happened to Macon, but I, I heard they got really banged up in the Hopkins game. Yeah. So. Well, it's, speaking of Macon um... – how do you view them right off making it pure rivalry or are they the standard you want to chase? Um, they are the 10th game on our schedule. I mean, that's, that's what they are. I mean, I understand the importance that Hampton Sydney loves of that football game, but 
we have nine games before we play them. Yeah. Uh, we open with Delaware Valley, which is a top 15 team in the country every year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what Coach Aruza has done is is remarkable and I have a ton of respect for it, and he has a great football program. Uh, we're not going to be obsessed with Randolph making because I, I know they're not obsessed with us. I, I mean, they, they actually they have a countdown clock in their weight room to the Hampton Sydney game. They they really right. they they really focus on it more. I mean more than we because when we were there, we would win the ODAC. Like we'd have the ODAC locked up, and we'd be more worried about the playoffs. And then they would be out there, you know, diving at knees on when you're on QB kneel downs and stuff like that. But it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you have to beat everyone on your schedule, and yeah. like, I don't believe the thing. If you go one and nine and you beat them, it's a successful year. You know, yeah. we're, we're not going to be focused on the re, on the results. We're just going to be focused on our process, you know, of every day. Like right now, the only thing I'm worried about today is getting better today. <laughs> like, I don't right. care what we're going to do tomorrow. I'm not worried about like anything we're doing Saturday. I'm not worried about like I'm worried about like what I have to do today, because if I tell our guys every day, if we get one percent better every day in 100 days, we're 100 percent better. And that's really our focus. I mean, yes, I I I. I like we res- we're going to respect Randolph Macon, we're going to respect the rivalry, respect the game, and like we're going to, you know, on that week ten, that's going to be our main focus. But right now, like our main focus is in the weight room, getting bigger, stronger, faster. You know, doing the things off the field that we have to do because like before we beat anyone on the field, we got to beat them off the field. Right. You know, so like we're right now we're focusing on creating more discipline in the program. You know, mm-hmm. like making sure the locker room is clean doing the little things right off the field. And like, that's what we're worried about today. We're worried about like, you know, and then tomorrow, you know, we'll be worried about our 6 a.m. workout. And then after our 6 a.m. workout, we're going to be worried about our recruiting weekend, you know, and we're just going to focus on that. We're not going to focus on, you know, external factors because we're just going to focus on what we need to do to get better today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I know um, a lot of fans are frustrated by how the rivalry has gone, but you don't just decide one day. I mean, this is my least favorite cliche in sports when they just say, Oh, they just wanted it more. It's like, there's a, there's so much more that goes into it than just waking up on a day and deciding you're going to win. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think you have, you have the right approach and, and it's not the sexy answer, but it's the right answer, you know? Yeah. And I mean, everyone, whatever works for anyone works for, you know, doesn't always work for the same person. Like yeah. we're just focused on us. Right. Um, have you changed like the off season workouts from, uh, previous or is it, if you, if you kept it like basically the same in terms no, of, no, no, we changed it all. So, we, so in the past they were a three day lift split two days off the field. Uh, we're going to a four day lift split right now. Uh, we actually, he'll start next Monday or this upcoming Monday. We'll be the first division three school in the country to have a full-time strength coach just for football. Wow. Um, so, you know, it was something I told, you know, uh, our athletic director when I accepted the job that I needed to be successful here. And our Gridiron Club alumni um, made it happen. And that just goes back to my thing about the support here. Um, but it would be awesome because it, it's the big thing is like you don't go practice football to get bigger, stronger, faster. You lift weights. Right. So um, we in the past we had a coach do it who was certified he'd be in the weight room doing it and like that coach would also be recruiting he'd also have to sit and 
defensive staff meetings, you know, different things like that. And we're really pulling someone in a whole, like a ton of different directions. Like the analogy I use is you wouldn't have your offensive line coach, coach your wide out storm practice at the same time. Right. And that's basically what you do when you're doubling up or like a lot of schools have a, a strength coach, just like department strength coach. So he does baseball, he does soccer. No, this guy's just going to be with football. So he's going to be with our guys all the time. He's going to help with the return to play. He's going to be working with them practice. Everything will be specialized, you know, with like what our guys need to do to be successful. So like we won't have the quarterbacks doing the same workout as the offensive linemen are. So I really think it's going to help our development moving forward. And it's like to be successful at the division three level. And it's probably every college level. It's three things. You got to recruit at a high level. You got to retain at a high level. You develop your players at a high level. That's like the three things we're focusing on right now in the off season that will help us win football games in the fall on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know like the D one level, like the strength coach, some people say he, he's the most important because he can have the most contact with the players Correct. in terms of like all season. Is that the same at division three? Yeah. Like every one of our coaches are certified as to be in the weight room. Um, the reason why we do that is because I want to go in there and watch them lift. And I think, you know, if there's buy-in from the entire coaching staff, there's going to be more buy-in from them. But, yeah, your, your weight room guy, he's with them every day. He's like, my butt's not getting up for the 6 a.m. lift every day. Like, you know, yeah. um, he, he's, 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 he's building your culture of your program every day with these guys, and he's instilling with them with, with their values of your program. Like, any successful organization has vertical alignment with their values, you know, and mission of the, of the organization. Like, at Hampton, Sydney, you know, the mission of the college is forming good men and good citizens in a sound learning environment, right? So we took that and we brought it into our football program and made sure it vertically aligned. If we do that, we'll be successful. And that really, you know, that's going to start with our guys in the weight room. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did think it was interesting that when you took the job, you – your, your mantra, you know, it's in the footer of your email is, is good men, good husbands, good fathers. And I, I think that that's, you want to win champions. football games, champions, sorry, <laughs> but you want to win football games. But, you know, I think the ultimate point of college athletics is to uh, turn you into uh, a good person. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, you, you know, especially at, at the division three level, it's, you gotta, you, you gotta want to be there. So why not get mm. something out of it? You know? Yeah, and I think it goes back to, too, like, before you can become a championship team, you have to become a champion as a person, right? And then you take these individuals and you group them together, right, for one common goal. And I think it goes back to that. Like, we got to, you know, like I said earlier, we got to win off the field before we can win on the field. So Right. Well, um, um, speaking about the, the changes in the you know, locker room and all that, um, you ran a lot of multiple fronts, like standing linemen up, confusing the QB at Washington Jefferson. Are you bringing that system over? How do you know that? Uh, I, I watched I watched some game tape beforehand. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the same system. Um, University of Georgia runs, Alabama runs. Uh, the the uh, mint front? We run the mint front, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we run the multiple front. Uh, I've, I've, I've been lucky. I developed a relationship with Coach Schumann at the University of Georgia. Um, you know, I, I was down there last spring. And, yeah, it's fun. Uh, we are bringing it over. Um, if it's good enough for Alabama and Georgia, it should be good enough for Hampton-Sydney. So, uh, um, well, 
Coach, this is real exciting hearing this. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I've, I've done, you know, I like reading about that mint front. I think that that's, that's a really cool system. And I, that's pretty cool yeah. to see that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a huge Georgia fan, so I'm, I'm loving to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a tool, though. Like, we're not yeah. really stuck in the mint front. You know, it's not right. a great pass rush front. But, um, yeah, with the, the multiple fronts and, you know, the simulated pressures and, that's been my big thing for the last couple of years is the simulated pressures. And if you follow, you know, all the Twitter football gurus, you know, that's a big thing, like the creeper simulated pressure stuff. But it also it's fun for your players and it's multiple and it doesn't create stagnant and it gives offenses fit like it. I think it's the best thing you can do to slow down an RPO, you know, system because you're, you're screwing with the reads and different things like that. And it gives you the ability system gives you ability to play more players. So if you're playing more players, you're developing guys, you have more buying from the program. And then it goes back to my thing about you have higher retention, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Sorry. No. Yeah. I mean, to your point about RPOs, I feel like the way football has been going the past, like 10, 15, 20 years is so advantageous to the offense. that Mm -hmm. finally finding a way to like finally slow them down like rpos and in college when they let the linemen get like five yards downfield and then the quarterback can yank it and throw it it's it's a little ridiculous so yeah uh you know when i was at wj that was that was what we were known for is the rpos and we'd have linemen they'd be (laughs) farther than the x down the field you know slant in front of them but yeah uh yeah it's good and i mean like Offenses, I, I think we look at offenses, they're a structured system that fits your players, right? Defense, you have to be able to adapt to what you see. And this thing has so many answers to everything we, we see that we're able to adapt and we don't have to teach new things every week. And it's just a lot of carryover for guys. So there won't be a lot of confusion on getting lined up and you know all that kind of stuff when teams try to go tempo and different things like that. Yeah. Uh, and so you mentioned offense. I know you brought uh, Ryan Wilson over from ODU. How important was getting that D1 experience to you? I don't think the, the level mattered, to be honest okay. with you. Ryan and I worked together at WJ. Um, Ryan was on the defensive side of the ball with me, actually, the one year he was there. We were the number one defense in the country in total defense that year. It was the COVID year, but uh, we were pretty good. Um, I mean, we lost to Westminster in the PAC championship game. And, I got the statute at halftime. I think we were down 17-7. And they're like, the coach handed me, he goes, how many yards do you think they had? And I was like, I don't know, like 200? And he said it was like 21. Uh, <laughs> offense, we, we give a fumble for a touchdown. They returned a punt to the five. But um, I think it was 14-7, actually. But whatever, that doesn't matter. But uh, Ryan, uh, what Ryan does is, you know, he's a really good football coach. He's a great recruiter. But he also brings a system um, over that I think will help us um, win football games. And that's kind of the big thing. I, I mean, I know Favret, he used to like really spread it out, throw the ball around, run some trick plays, maybe when we're up at like five touchdowns. But okay. um, is that, are you going to keep sort of a pass first mentality or is it just kind of wait and see how spring ball plays out? We want to run the football. Uh, we want to establish a physical presence up front. Uh being a defensive guy, you know, the worst thing you can do is go three and out and go lightning fast and 10 seconds go off the clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happened a lot of times. Time at WJ, you'd be on the sideline and someone, you'd be going over correction. Someone would be in your headset, in your ear and be like, 
defense punt team or something. And we're like, what the hell just happened? And they're like, <laughs> you know, we got sad. I don't know. But yeah. uh, we want to run the football. Um, that's what we want to do. We want to impose a role. Like offensive linemen, like the worst thing you can do is make them go backwards every play, right? Eventually they want to go forward. So if you're throwing the ball every play, you're asking your line to go backwards, backwards, backwards. Well, they're going to, you know, gain more confidence by going forward like any person would. It's natural mm-hmm. to walk forward, not backwards. So um, that's going to be our mentality. But the other thing is we're going to adapt it to what we have. Like, you know, we're not going to try to run the ball into a loaded box, too. Like, we're going to make you honor, you know, every inch of our grass out there. Yeah. Are you going to get the quarterback involved in the run game? Um, or is it more jet sweeps, that sort of st- or you know, classic halfback stuff? Um, you know, it just I think it just depends on who it is. Right. Right. Like, obviously, if it's if Carter's the guy, you know, we're not going to submit, tell him to stand back there and throw the ball a hundred times a game and not have any design runs for him. Right. right. If it was like a pooch, if it was Carter or pooch, like pooch isn't coming back. But if it was pooch, yeah, now we're going to sit back there and throw the ball. You know, we're not going to try to run quarterback power with pooch. So it's, you know, we're just going to fit our system to who we have. Mm. Yeah, totally. No, uh, uh, do, do, do you have like a recruiting strategy or uh, like do you want to get to Richmond more? Uh, we're working, you know, to get back into Richmond. Uh, our, our big recruiting strategy is there shouldn't be a player in the, the Commonwealth of Virginia that we don't know about. Right. And we don't have to recruit them, but at least like we shouldn't this fall like go up and play someone and there'd be like, oh, he's from, I don't know, Danville. I'm like, who, who's that kid? Like, why don't we know about him? Um, we just want to know every, every kid in the state. Um, but it's, you know, we're, I've, I spent a lot of time the past couple of weeks in Richmond recruiting. Um, you know, we went out one week, we went out as a staff when I first got here and we went out to Richmond and we split it up between our full-time staff and everyone had a part of Richmond. We kind of blitzed it in a week. And then we went back the following week to revisit our top guys that we, evaluated with the entire full-time staff so we walked into these schools with five coaches and these guys were kind of blown back a little bit by it but just to show our commitment back into the area um the other thing is we're going to recruit the footprint of the school um the school does a really good job in the carolinas georgia tennessee uh we're going to piggyback off that and you know like we're going to take you know the basketball team is pretty good so we're going to steal a little thing from coach kimbrough and you know if we can't get the best player we want in Virginia we're not going to take the second best guy in Virginia we're going to go North Carolina Georgia somewhere to find the best kid there um, because we're not going to just settle because we want kids from Virginia but we do want to win the state yeah and I I, your point earlier about Texas is interesting because I think Virginia is pretty heavily recruited now by a lot of D1 schools I mean the beach especially um, that uh, I think that there's a lot of good players here so Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of good opportunity um, here. I mean, where I'm in Richmond as well, so I know there's okay. a lot. Of, there's a lot of talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Travion Henderson at Ohio State, lead back at Ohio State is from from Richmond. I mean, that's it's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Coach. Well, we're not going to keep you too long. I know you got to get out there. Got to get after it. Um, one one last question here: Have uh, what's your favorite spot to eat at, in Farmville? Do you, do you have a go to yet? Uh I hear the dining hall a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's as, it, 
the, the nickname does not do it justice because I don't think the students <laughs> here know how good they have it compared to some other schools. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, let's see. Uh, Fish and Pigs good. Press Club's good. Uh, Bandito's is good. And McAdoo's. I think those are the the four spots I've been to so far. Yeah. So I haven't I... been to like, Granny B's yet. I've been to the Tapper too, so that's good. I was going to suggest granny bees. That's, that's some good fried chicken right there. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't had time, you know, to do it, but, uh, because I usually just go for the dining hall for lunch and dinner and then, you know, head back to the office, but much easier. Uh, when, when does spring practice start? Uh, good question. I can pull it up here and look, it's the Monday after spring break. I know that, uh, I want to say it's, April or March. Let's see. Uh, it will start the first day will be March 18th. All right. There you go. So you do. six yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. I'll be here yeah. before we know it. Yeah, for sure. So, so like right now you just focus on like recruiting mainly and then just off season lift, lifting with the guys. Um, you know, that's the big thing. Like, we have our recruiting weekend this weekend, and then next weekend's our last big recruiting weekend, kind of piggybacking off the big basketball game. And then, um, you know, we'll have all pretty much all our visits done. We'll have some, you know, a few, like, weekday individual visits. But, um, yeah, we're hoping to be done recruiting here, um, you know, by the end of March and kind of know, you know, what we have coming in for next year. Right. Are, are y'all, do you, I, I know this might be a D3 thing, but I, Marty used to bring in like really, really big classes. Or do you guys have to do that as well? Just because you assume college isn't for everyone, Hampton City is for everyone, et cetera. Um, so we don't have to bring in, like we have a number for emissions, but it doesn't have to, it's not big. It's like way smaller than what I'm used to. Um, okay. But our big like philosophy here is we're not going to tell a good player no. We're going to recruit as many good players as we can find, regardless of the position. And then it's our job to put them in a position to be successful. Like we have to develop them um, so they can be successful. So, you know, if a good player wants to come, we're going to recruit them. And if we end up with 30 freshmen, great. If we end up with 100 freshmen, great. We'll figure out what to do with them. So, you know, but it's, it's, it's going to be good. So. Um, we're already off to a really good start. We have a ton of commits, um, a lot of really good football players, so we're excited about it. That's what the little tiger emoji means on Twitter, right? Is that That's another commit? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again, Coach. Uh, really looking forward to, to uh, this season. Definitely going to get down there and, and, and see you all play. We're excited, we're Sounds excited good. about it. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Appreciate your time, man. You have the best of luck this season. See ya.
saw the crowd. 